Welcome back to the No Clue Podcast. Uh, we have returned. I'm not exactly sure what episode this is, but we are back. 154. 154. I'm one of your hosts. Yep. I'm Mike. And I'm Tyler. Welcome back. Uh, so, Summer League is going on. Um, by the way, before I get too far in this, we will be talking about movies and music after yes. we get through the Summer League. So. Yes. Okay. Summer League is going on. Um, a lot of young talent, man. Good talent. Uh, some older guys are playing in there. I saw Beasley out there. Brandon Knight. Fareed. Fareed, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Fareed's been, Fareed's been out of the league, what, like two years? Maybe three. Man. Yeah. I'm happy he's getting a chance. I think he's rebounding well, too, which is so, like, so expected for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's someone that I, I, it's kind of weird that he's out of the league because what he does is something I just think he'll be able to do until he dies. You know? Yeah, and it's weird because a lot of teams miss that off the bench. Oh, yeah. So it's it's strange. You see it in the playoffs a lot, too, like how teams that don't rebound well get killed by size. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. uh, who, who do you want to start with, man? Somebody from the top five picks. We got to start there. Oh, well, you want to start with who you think is playing the best? Mm, before I get to that real quick, I don't okay. know if I've ever seen a summer league where everybody in the top five is playing well. This might be the first summer league I've ever seen that. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah. Like, the fact that they're all healthy enough to play... And are all right. playing well. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Might be everyone in the top seven right now, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, um, the guys six and seven, they're, they look good, too. Yeah, for sure. But I think, who's playing the best? I don't know. It's such a simple question, yet it's it's tough to kind of really lock in. Because, all of, again, all of them are playing so well. But well, I who, think the, mo- the most noticeable like the one for me... Was Suggs. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think Suggs... I I didn't think he would... It's just Villanova produces, like, like straight winners. Yeah. No, but I he, mean, he's from Gonzaga. I mean, Gonzaga, Gonzaga sorry. Yeah, but yeah. it's just... It's crazy that a guy who, who looked like a winner his entire time playing there... Yeah. And he's coming in, and he... I didn't think he'd look this NBA ready. Not me either. I thought he would have the hardest time adjusting out of the, I know. the top picks. I know, man. He He's so fast, yet he's always under control. Yep. He's all over the floor. He's setting guys up. He's hustling everywhere. Yep. And you know what the worst part about it is? He's playing so well, mm-hmm. and it's showing like our the issues we had with Orlando. Yeah. And it's so demoralizing because he's playing so well, and on the flip side, Cole Anthony's playing like absolute garbage. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can tell you now, I never want to see them in a backcourt together. Yeah, it's not good. It doesn't look good. It doesn't help anything. Yeah, and again, mm-hmm. he's coming in to a team that has like what he does. Right. But he, yet he's still an upgrade at the position. Yeah. Yep. So it's just a credit to how good he is, really. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, I I was also surprised at his playmaking because like I, I figured he'd be able to come and kind of score the same way he does. He's really athletic, really good size, but I didn't think he'd be able to like set guys up and see open guys as well as yes. he does. Yeah, I thought that was just a college thing, and he really didn't do it that great in college. But um, he's doing that at an NBA level better than I I pictured. Definitely. Yeah. Again, like. Those first couple summer games, it, I always expect guys to be a little too excited. Yeah. And he yeah. looks completely composed. He looks more composed. The reason I picked him as my favorite is because he looks slightly more composed than any of the other guys to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he doesn't look like this is his first summer league. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, but uh, I got to say, man, Jalen Green is – is ready like he's he's there nba his shooting uh, is is top tier and he's he's scoring on like he's scoring on guys like it's different when you you're shooting well you're hitting open threes you know the, just in the flow of the game he's like yeah. isoing guys already even guys who have been in the league for a while he's isoing them and getting tough buckets it doesn't matter yeah. and um his shot looks great his Shot creating looks great. Step backs, turnarounds. You know, he got a little, um, like a head fake hesitation he uses, and he gets right to the basket. Yeah. Great length. Um, he looks thinner now because he's with all other NBA guys. But, um, it, for man, better he looks and impressive. worse, kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, I feel like he might have a tough time guarding some of the thicker uh, league guards. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like it clearly helps him get shots off uh, against a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah, because he's and long. He, yeah, and he looks the most primed to come out and get like multiple thirty-point games in a short stretch, yeah. or have a, a month where he's just lights out and not missing or shooting like fifty, sixty percent. Yeah, he looks the most franchise player ready. Like I, I could see, like, all right, this is we got him. Mm-hmm. This is our team now. I'm, and I'm saying that because he's on Houston. I'm not saying like if he was on any team, he would do that. But on See, Houston, I, I gotta right now, the Houston part. I agree with. Yeah. And and this is more of a knock on Detroit than anything. Exactly. But I think I think Cunningham has showed me a little bit more versatility with his game. Mm-hmm. Again, Green looks scoring average. I I doubt anybody will top him. Right. Especially because in Houston, he's going to get a lot of shots, a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm looking at Detroit, and Cunningham clearly can be like an all-around guy for them. Yeah, he could. He could. And but. already, it's irritating that they're forcing Killian Hayes to be the, the <laughs> primary playmaker. Exactly. That's, why I, that's my issue with it. Yes, 100%. And and the problem is, like, Cunningham hasn't shot the ball that well. But mm-hmm. it, it's not, like, it's nothing, like, mechanic. It's it's nothing that's going to, I think, bother him in the long run. I think he's just missing. Yeah, because he's not getting, like, strapped or anything. Exactly. He's missing shots, yeah. Exactly. But the problem is, I watch Houston and Jalen Green, like, there's a concerted effort for him to get off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Detroit is not giving that same effort to Cunningham. 
But the but the thing is, even when the season starts, Cunningham won't be he won't be better than Grant on the team because Grant just came off of getting twenty three points a game. You know that's why I, it's not it's not about him being better than Grant. It's about him having the ball more. No, no, no. I, I, I'm saying in this summer league he should have the ball more. But I'm right. saying when Detroit is looking at making him a franchise player, it's going to be tough because he the transition for him to be that would have to be like maybe a year or two at least for, before they say okay, well, you know, you're our guy. Which I, isn't. I don't, know. I don't think so. You think they'll you think they'll trust him that early? I think I think Grant could easily take a step back. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think, think enough, any anybody in Detroit could easily take a step back. I think uh, the the other second year player, uh, Bay Sadiq Bay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he looks great. Yeah, and he's a really good. He's he plays like a role player. He plays like right. Grant, really. Right. In a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But again, again, there's this weird, okay, so, like, I, I don't understand why Bay has to run sets. Right. On, to be honest, Bay's a guy I don't really even need to see in the summer league. Right. Killian yeah. Hayes, on the other hand, I get that you want to play through him. You want to see what kind of guard he is. Yeah. But when you're doing that, you put the number one pick in the corner. Right. And that, to me, I haven't seen Jalen Green just sit in the fucking corner. No, and I'm kind of confused on how they expect to use Cunningham because they use him as if he's like a elite shooter, and he's really just an okay, like, just pure shooter. Um, so it's like he, he, he comes off those uh, pin downs out of the corner, kind of, out of the short corner, but it's like... For him to come up for a shot, it's not really his game. Exactly. And my thing yeah. is, like, the reason he's a number one pick is because he was the most NBA-ready creator, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think in, all around. College. yeah. Right. I think all mm-hmm. around when he had the ball, the offense could work with him creating everything. Mm-hmm. But, again, Detroit is, like, limiting that while right. forcing him to take bad ISOs and sometimes mm-hmm. just hiding him like a spot-up threat. <laughs> They're pulling uh, Paul George. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Now yeah. that you say that, it's a good comparison. Yeah. And again, I, I don't want him to do that. I In college, I, I saw that he was the most, I guess, most advanced scorer. But I'm not sure if he's the most NBA ready scorer in in the draft. But like I I can I understand that. I mean I, I get why people say that, but I, I'm not I'm not sure. I would have to see it. Obviously the summer league's not showing it, but right. I'd have to see it for a while before I was ready to say yeah. I think Detroit can really to me put the to ball me, in I think, hands. To me I think it's a little bit more of a toss up than it's looked so far between him and Green. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't disagree that Green is a way more elite just shooter. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I still like some of the things that Cunningham is doing. It's just a lot more limited. Right. Yeah. Which makes is. no sense to me considering Houston has more threats, more guys who could get the ball. While mm-hmm. Detroit, to me, I. Like, Killian Hayes has showed me a, couple, a little bit of good things, but mm-hmm. not enough to where I'm like, yo, yeah, take the ball out of Cunningham's hands all the time. Right, put it in right. Killian Hayes' hands. Like, that's not... I, I don't see that. Right. 
So, between those two, who do you think affects their team's uh, wins the most? We agree those are the two best prospects right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, so who do you think yeah, affects think their, their team's... Their ceiling is, is higher than everybody else. Yeah. It's tough with Houston because, like, they were, they were so much better than their record last year. Yeah. So... I th- I still think Cunningham should impact winning a little bit more. Okay. Because Detroit grew as a team as the season progressed. Yeah, because yeah, at the end of the season they were, you know, putting some strings together. Right. Yeah. Houston kind of went. Houston had an awful mid-season stretch. And other than Kevin Porter Jr., there really wasn't anything positive. Right. And then Wall was done for the season. Right. Basically, shut down right. for the season. Yeah, Wood was out for the season. They everyone went down for them too. Which yeah, I, again, their season was such a disaster. But mm-hmm. again, Detroit showed improvements regardless of who was out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see that in Houston, and I think again, Cunningham is more of an all-around guy. Yeah, that he again, like Detroit could score without him, and he could step into that. If Green is not scoring, to be honest, he's looked kind of mediocre as a playmaker. Yeah, that's not. It's definitely not his game. Yeah. Other than scoring, I haven't really been like too impressed with the other stuff he's done. Mm-hmm. While Cunningham at times has shown me the, the same stuff I saw in college. Right. I, I think the the only difference is, and this is, you know, I bring this up pretty much every year, but. When you go from being the man in college, how do you transition to not being the man in the NBA? I think Green would be better off the ball than than Cunningham. Not, not sure. that, not that. I mean, that might not matter, right? Obviously, because Cunningham might be on the ball all the time. But um, you know, when you have Wall and Porter, uh, you know, I think Green can be a streaking guy. He can be a run to the corner and, and get that open shot kind of guy. Yeah. So I think he, he and, probably and, will fit into any situation better. You know? and, and it's funny, looking at it now, I'm kind of happy they went where they went. Because yeah. I think Green is a much better fit in Houston and mm-hmm. Cunningham is a much better fit in Detroit. Yeah, I mean, that's that might be why. I, I don't know how Detroit was looking at it, but that might be why they went for him. They might have yeah, said, well... I could, I could see that, yeah. Green just wouldn't work for us because seeing Green in the even in the G League, I mean, it was obvious that he was elite. A bucket, you know? a bucket. Yeah. Everyone, I think everyone knew he could perform immediately in the NBA. But yeah, you know. I can't wait. Him and Porter Jr. I cannot wait to see that. I know that's gonna be fun. And then having, I would just like to see him, Porter Jr. and Wall just on a three-on-two break. Oh. I mean, I just want to see what happens. Oh my god! And then you throw in Christian Wood to that. Whew. Yeah, trailer him as a trailer. I mean, they got a squad. They got yeah. a decent, at least starting five with Tice. But again, I, I'll credit to Detroit because all other than Killian Hayes, every other first and second year player has impressed me. Yeah, yeah. Gar Garza already looks like a top tier backup big. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. shocking that he fell to like forty second or whatever he fell to. And a national player of the year runner-up, right? I mean, yeah, right behind the, Cunningham. And I get that he wasn't a top 10 pick or t- even top 15 because he's not that he mobile. 
He should have been first round. But yeah, he's a late. Any team that's missing a bigs, and I I don't know off the top of my head the twenty to thirty teams who were missing bigs. You know the Spurs are missing a big. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, he would fit right into the Spurs. Exactly. Again, his mobility is. He's a, clearly a hard worker, so that's gonna get better. Yeah. But he's already he's got the skill set. He's got touch around the basket, mid range. He looks good taking jumpers. He's a high IQ player, which, from a big man standpoint, the NBA lacks. He he might be the highest IQ player on San Antonio if they got like exactly. Any I mean, that's <laughs> that's such a no brainer to me. I don't know how you don't look at him and get him. Mm-hmm. The fact that Detroit got to have the number one pick and sneak away with a guy like that yeah. is is such a good draft, to be honest. They got three. They probably got three out of the top ten players in college basketball last last yeah. year. To me, so yeah, they look good. I mean, I think they made really good decisions. Um, I think they were kind of smart with the off season by not doing anything. I mean, yeah. I, I I think that might be the right way to go this time. This time yeah. around, only because they had such a good draft. Exactly. Yeah. No promises to anybody. You don't have to. Uh, appease any veterans. Just you, you got a young team, and that's what we're doing, and that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, tell me some other players you've seen that you liked. Um. Well, Mobley, I saw for like a super quick second. Mm-hmm. And again, he is just—he's huge. He is. And he mo- He's so mobile. Again, yeah. even if he doesn't play well, I. Just I can't even picture him not contributing. Right, me too. So I'm, I don't know how he'll fit into Cleveland because they're kind of a a strange roster. Yeah, and they got Rubio for some reason, which I don't know. I didn't even know that. That's bizarre. They traded Tory and Prince for Rubio. Yeah. Wow, that's a bizarre <laughs> move, but. Um, I mean, I kind of see, guys. I kind of see bringing in a veteran point guard to to guide along some of the younger players. Yeah, and plus Rubio, so. I, I'm not saying that it's going to result in winning, but I can see like young players thrive off of Rubio's passing. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. So Rubio's still but, one of the best passers to ever play the game. Yeah, um, but another top ten guy that. Neither of us really were confident in is Kuminga for the Warriors. Yeah, he looks good. He's a beast. He's big. Yeah. And again, yeah. he moves. And and this is kind of the. I hope he doesn't fall into this trap, because again, he's kind of shown some of the same issues that Wiseman had. The, mm-hmm. the Warriors don't really need you to come in and and show everything in your bag. Right. That's why I think Wiseman struggled early on, was he's coming in, he's trying to hit jumpers. Bagley's still <laughs> struggling. Marvin Bagley's still struggling with this to this day. Yeah. Like, you, you, you're coming into a solid team. Right. Just come in and work. Yeah. And Kuminga, so far, he's looked at his best when he's just been flying up and down, getting on the boards, crashing... Just taking yeah. advantage of his size. Yeah. Which, again, yeah, he, I didn't think would be so dominant, but it's looked like it. 
Yeah, he's a man child too. I mean, like you said, he's big, he's strong, and he's he runs the floor really well. Yeah, he he's like you said, they just need him to be a role player. That's all. That's all they exactly. need. Exactly. They don't that's need. I, I hope they don't make the same mistake that they did with Wiseman because it's almost like they they wanted Wiseman to like be the second or third option. Yeah. No. Like I can't. You can't expect that first year. Yeah, well, I, I I do think I do think they wanted him to try to get as much off, like try to get everything clicking because they knew that he wasn't gonna be the third option, and like you know maybe they yeah. just didn't know how to use him because they know when yeah. Clay comes back, it's you know he has That's to gonna, be somewhere on the court. Again, I hold Clay in one of the highest role player regards possible. Oh yeah. So I I expect big things just out of their play style next year. Yeah, yeah. Both the Warriors picks look really, really, really good. We did forget uh, the OKC guy, the Australian guy, got hurt. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Getting like first minute. So. Yeah, yeah. And Green is out for the rest of the uh, the rest of the. Uh, I think apparently. I think Suggs just got hurt. Something with his wrist, maybe. Yeah. So, but but now again, I now that we've seen them and we see like a little taste of what they could do. Yeah. I, again, I've seen enough from Suggs, Green, Cunningham. I I don't need to see them anymore. Yeah. Um, a few more. Anybody else further, that stood out to you? Yeah, a few more further down the line. Um, obviously, Davion Mitchell looked amazing his first game. Um, I saw it might have been the second game. I saw him play against Charlotte. I mean, his defense was crazy. He was blowing past everybody, and he is just super strong, man. I mean, he's way yeah. stronger than I thought he would be. Like to other, you know, like the best players in the country, uh, he's still like the strongest guy on the court. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's that's no surprise really. We kind of knew what he was going to bring. Again, um, just makes me mad at the situation he went to. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think they'll find something for him though. I really do, because he kind of is like the undersized two, you know, a lot like Marcus Smart, because he's not really a point guard, but he's just a point guard height that, you know, elite defender. I, I the problem is the problem is not like whether they find something for him. He's gonna take something. I know that. Yeah. The problem is I could see like. You don't want to get hurt if you're a Sacramento guard next year because you're going to come back without that same playing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than Fo- other than Fox, like if, if Halliburton misses some time, I could see Mitchell stepping in and taking a, a good chunk of his minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So, and, yeah. and Halliburton was great. Like, I just think Mitchell could be that good. Mm-hmm. I got you. Um, my last one is uh, Chris Duarte, man. I am. I mean, he blew my mind. I mean, he's he looks great. I mean, he's he's long, he's uh, quick, um, he's versatile. He's a great passer already. Um, he's finding guys left and right. Uh, his assist numbers look great. He gets to the basket with ease. He hits big shots. Um, and he went 13th to the Pacers. I I didn't know anything about him really, um, but me neither. He, he's he's been my biggest uh, 
surprised as far as like me being impressed so far in the draft because I, I think even the other guys that like are playing good, I like knew they existed, but um, Duarte, man, and the Pacers needed a good point guard. Yeah, I, I think I think that's it as far as like individual first year guys that stood out to me. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, I do like uh, Miami has um, Omer or something. Uh, I Uh-oh. saw him for about a half. I don't remember his, his foreign name. I can't remember, but he he looked like he had a nice skill set. And this is a rookie. I believe so. I don't know if okay. he was drafted or not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not. Okay. Okay. Uh, but besides that, I, I do want to make one final point about the summer league. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the guys that didn't have a summer league last—not all of them, but a majority of the guys that didn't get a summer league last year and got a year in the yeah. league—and are now playing summer league. Yeah, it shows. Yeah, it shows. Oh, yeah. Quickly, yeah, uh, your New York duo, they don't even need to be playing in the summer. Yeah. Every, uh, every time Quickly yeah. has touched the court, he looks like the best guard. Yep. Uh, same yep. thing for, for Tyrese Max. He looks great. Peyton Pritchard looks great. Yeah. Uh, who am I? I'm missing, I'm missing, I feel like, a lot of guys off the top of my head. Um, Jones' brother oh, looks uh, great. Uh, Trey yes. Jones, I think. De- he looks great. Yeah, Desmond Bain for Memphis looks really good. Yeah, he does. All these yeah. guys, and, and they didn't have, not not all these guys had like a elite rookie year. No, none of those guys did. But getting getting that experience in the league, I, it, it's again, it's clearly shown with a lot of them. There, there is a few exceptions Cole Anthony doesn't look that great. Killian Hayes, as I said, doesn't look too great. Yeah. But Pritchard has been the best player every time I've seen him on the court. Yep. And Hayes and um, so, Hayes and uh, who who's the other one you said? Oh, Anthony. Cole. In their Cole defense. Anthony. Yeah, in their defense, they're both coming off injuries too. So I'll, I'll give them I'll give them a pass because uh, they both had season-ending injuries. So. But but still, I, I mean, to your point, that one year does a lot, you know, a, a whole lot. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. What else do we have for the NBA? Anything else happen? Kawhi resigned. Luca resigned. That's, those aren't really no big surprise. deals. No other changes. Yeah. Oh, Schroeder to the Celtics. No? I mean, I'm happy for this. It's a great move by the Celtics. Uh-huh. But seeing a guy lose that much money for a bad playoff run is 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 heartbreaking, to be honest. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's more than a bad playoff run because, and I know people are saying that, but if they had gotten Westbrook, if Schroeder averaged 40 points a game and they got Westbrook, he was still getting traded. You know what I mean? Like it, it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> Westbrook still takes the, uh, you know, takes supremacy over 
Um, no, I, I agree with that. It's just, I just five million. Yeah. To me, I don't care how bad Truder played all year. He's worth. He's proven that he's worth significantly more than that. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, he's proven and at least I don't double know digits. If, the the problem that now Boston he comes into Boston kind of not fixing is he's coming in as a starter. Yeah. If the, if there was one thing I doubted him last year is being a full time starter. Right. So, I just I don't know I I mean him and Smart could be fun together but the consistency I don't trust. Yeah, I mean that, that's that's valid. Definitely valid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Let's get into. You want to do movies or music? Mm, let's go music first. Okay, music. Where do you want to start in music? Migos. Because it's been yeah, that was that was like the first big thing that dropped since we've uh, right around the playoffs or right yeah. before the playoffs started. Yeah, yep. Okay, <sighs> Culture Three, they're back. Culture Three. Yeah. Hopefully you've heard it by now. Hopefully you've heard most of these by now. By the way, but uh, yeah, the, the year. By the way, last time we talked about music, it was it was a very slow, reserved year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, stuff was coming out every now and then. We the reason we stopped talking about music besides you know the playoffs mm-hmm. was because we weren't getting like big release weekends. No, we weren't. We weren't. I still we, we still haven't had that many to be honest. No, we haven't. And we would have just come in here and just said, "Hey, I listened to this. It was cool." And then we just would have moved on. And we just didn't see the point of that. It was so much basketball to talk about. So, so. much, yeah. Uh, music fans, uh, I'll definitely post and make sure people know we're back talking about music, but uh, we're catching up on a lot of stuff. So, all right, what'd you think of it, Culture Three? To be honest, I was shocked by how much I loved it. Yeah, it was one of those uh, for sure. Did you I mean, now? Did you like Culture Two that much? No. Yeah, me either. Culture one, I enjoyed a lot. I didn't love it as much as you know a lot of people did. Mm-hmm. But but I did I did see the like why they became such a popular group from that album. Oh yeah, the hits the hits are un you know you can't argue the yes. hits that are on there. They're amazing. Yeah. So top tier. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and their first culture, to be honest, has legitimate claim. In a like album, of, like not album of the decade, but a top albums of the decade list. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, but you know, since then, I never, I haven't really liked them, to be honest. Yeah, they they fell off. They they're trying a lot of things, splitting up all these different albums. Yeah, labbing with other people. Yeah. Yeah, like, after that album, Quavo had this, like, strange solo rise and then fell off a cliff. Yeah. Then then they, like you said, they all put out solo albums, and Offset was the only solo album I really liked. Mm-hmm. 
but it didn't stick with me to the point where like I was going back to it months after. Right. And and there was a lot of hype around culture too, and it was such a disappointment for me. It was very commercial, very radio. Yeah, too, way heavy. too long, just yeah, way too many a... tracks. Yeah. yeah. Again, one of the things I love about Culture One, ten songs. <laughs> like that's that couldn't be a more perfect length for them. Right. Yeah. And here it's the same like lead up where Culture Three, Culture Three, Culture Three for like months we're hearing about it. Yeah. And I'm at the point where I'm like, yo, I don't give a shit. Like I'm burned out hearing these guys all the time. Right. Right. And then it drops. And my heart drops because when I look at the track list and see 24 songs, yeah. I was like, oh no, like, I I'm, I don't even want to listen to this shit, to be honest. Mm -hmm. That was my thoughts going into it. Me too. And then, and then five tracks in, I'm like, I'm like, like vibing as I'm listening to it. Like it's yep. making me want to move, it's picking up the energy. The, yep. the yep. beats, the beats like get better and better as the album goes on. Yeah. And and again, that's really the biggest focal point for me. This is the best beats I've heard all year. Mm, okay. I'm not Especially mad at that. Con considering the artists they're being made for. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had fun with every song. Yeah. And I didn't like every song, but even the songs I didn't like, it was enjoyable to listen to like throughout the album. Yeah. So that to me was by far the biggest takeaway where for 24 songs they kept my attention. Yeah. I mean, I honestly I look at them differently now like to me they they have disproven a lot of the issues I thought like I thought I had with them. Yeah, you, you know, I think one thing there was a time where people questioned if they had talent as rappers. They just thought, oh, they're cool together. They're just like three hype men, really, that say some cool stuff sometimes. But are they really good rappers? Not, you know, people weren't sure going into this album right. for sure. But, right. man, I mean, they showed a lot of skill on this album. Skill 100%. as far as production, as far as uh, song making, rapping. Just this was just one. This seemed like they really took their time for this album. Like they were really yes. trying to show it all in this album, and they did. They showed everything. And yeah. this uh, and this showed kind of like like a, such a positive impact that artists could have coming out of that quarantine. Mm -hmm. And we saw it last year with how many good albums were coming out all the time because artists were locking in and putting in work. Yeah. That's this is exactly what I heard on this album. Yep. Yep. Their, their cohesiveness was elite every song. Yeah. Their every feature fit in great with them. And not too many features, which was nice. <clears throat> yeah. Again, for tw and there was a couple tracks that like that had a little bit of that repetitive sound I don't like from them. Yeah. But again, the beats were so great. Their rapping, their verses were great in all those tracks. They were. It, it was really just a couple hooks that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, they kept my... I, I couldn't imagine they would keep my attention for 24 songs straight. Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it really shocked me, man. I was blown away. At the time it came out, again, the playoffs were just starting. I couldn't get enough of this album. Yep. It was one of those, for sure. For sure. Do you have a favorite couple tracks? Um... Uh, I I actually really liked Picasso, The Future. I was surprised, but I liked it. Um, I liked Mahomes a lot. Um, I liked the New Money, and I liked to light it up with Pop Smoke. And, and you you know, I've listened to this album a lot, so th- these have changed a lot because mm-hmm. some of these I actually didn't like at first. Um, yeah. But and obviously, I mean, having our way. You gotta, you have to like that at cert, some point in your evolution of listening to the album. But hundred percent, um, and yeah. and I'm with you. Like Mahomes, at first I was like, yeah, I'm not really like it's not one of my favorite tracks. Yeah, but like on repeated listens, yeah, I found myself going back to that song a lot more. Exactly. Yeah. I, I thought what are your Bieber. Favorites? I thought the Bieber track, "What You See," was really great. Yeah, and they're they always have great chemistry with Bieber. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, more more Quavo than the rest of the guys, but again, mm-hmm. it it just worked out so well. I thought, yeah. and I, I think I told you when the album came out, Malibu was just a nonstop replay for me. It was for me too. Yeah, with Polo G, Polo G being a perfect feature. Yeah, uh, the Cardi B track I honestly was a little short. I, I wish that track was a little bit longer. That was probably my favorite when it first came out. Yeah. yeah. First listen, I think I love type shit the most. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to me, Ghosts. Uh, are we going like uh, in order of like? I'm trying to. Releases? I'm trying to keep it. I think Lloyd Banks actually came out before them. Okay. Well, we can hit that real quick. Yeah. I mean, I don't. You. I have a soft spot for Lloyd Banks. You know, I think you know this. I I used to listen to him a lot. Yeah. Uh, I I was a huge fan of his in high school. And, and when I was in high <laughs> yeah. school, when I was going into high school, he was kind of like, he was putting out elite albums. He was, yeah. Again, he his fan base was always kind of small, but uh, I, a lot of my friends listened to him, liked him a lot, especially coming from being Fifty Cent fans. Yeah. Uh, G Unit. Yeah. Right, right. And to see him, when I saw him drop an album, I didn't even see it. My friend texted me like, dude, Lloyd Banks dropped an album. Mm-hmm. My first instinct was, of course, you're trolling. Like, there's no way. <laughs> then I, I go look it up. Yeah. Of course, it's real. He drops an album. Course mm-hmm. of the Inevitable. Yeah. Of course, I have to listen to it. I haven't heard I haven't listened to him in like five years. And mm-hmm. and I loved it. I mean, it was exactly what I remember hearing him like. Yeah. Again, it, it for me it brought me back to the same nostalgia I had with listening to him. He was always a really underrated rapper. Mm-hmm. The song the song making here is the like the drawback I, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I listened to this album twice, and I haven't wanted to. I haven't touched it since. Oh, it's always that's always been a weakness of his. But I think I in the past, in the past, having more features, yeah. having a little bit more like of just song making versatility helped him he out. Didn't, 
just have other rappers as features like he basically did on this whole album. Right. And this album was just top tier rapping. Yeah. So, yeah. so again, my first listen, I loved it. But mm-hmm. like there wasn't an individual song that stuck out to me. And as far as replay value goes, there's not much to be had here. Right. Gotcha. But I, I'm happy he's making music, man. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I mean, people were even joking about him, you know, being washed or being done. Yeah, he's so underrated. It's been like 11 years since his last album. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, at least a decade. So wild. Yeah. You no, have no, to have like, a good album after that. I don't follow him on social media, but like no heads up that this was coming out as far as I could tell. Yeah, me either. Yeah. You know. I guess no one would promote it. There's no one who would say, like, yo, Lloyd Banks is coming. I you know. But yeah, I, I would only recommend this to to people that already like him. This this isn't I, I wouldn't recommend this to like people that I want to get into Lloyd Banks. Right. I gotcha. Okay. Uh Let's go to Doja Cat real quick. No, actually, no. Let's let's look, let's stay on rappers. Tyler the Creator. Let's do that. So, uh, I want you to tell me your thoughts on this one, because <laughs> I've been a, a Tyler hater most of his career. Coming into this, by Tyler hater, what do you mean? You just haven't respected his talent, or I've respected like... his talent. I've just never, like, I just this haven't really liked his music. Yeah. Yeah. Not really my taste. Um. Yeah, me too. And uh, <laughs> this didn't change anything for me. What? <laughs> nah, it didn't, man. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> Listen, I, I think that him as an artist, I probably have a lot more respect for. I think the beats on here were f- absolutely fire. Um, I think the like choices for features were really cool. Um, the song making on here was great, but just him rapping is just still doesn't do it for me. Uh, honestly, it doesn't. Him as a rapper doesn't do it. I can't believe some of these tracks have like fifty-four million listens. It's crazy. Dude, this album is is competing for being the best album of the year. Not for me personally, but yeah, like know, in kind yeah. of the mainstream appeal. It is, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I completely understand, to be honest. I understand too. I no, I really do understand. But he hasn't gotten any more for me than he was. But I think he's better, a better artist than I did before. That's, that's, that's yeah. I'll, I'll agree with that for sure. And yeah, I do think here this is the first album, and he's always been versatile, but mm-hmm. it's never really been on a single album. Yeah. It's always kind of album to album. He switches up kind of his style, whether it's rapping. He'll have like an Igor where he'll do something completely different. But the album still overall sounds the same. Right. Yeah. This was finally he made an album where he kind of put, he blended in some of that sound. He did. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what stood out to me where I guess we completely disagree is the rapping. This is the first time I heard him rapping, and I'm like, yo, I'm actually having fun listening to it. There were some songs that he rapped really well to me. Oh, Dude, yeah. the first the first half of this album was, was to me, a, a really good rap album. 
I'm, I'm not <laughs> mad at you that we don't see eye to eye, obviously. No, no I, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, don't, I, just, I don't disagree with you. I only have, my only issue is very minimal, it's very petty. I just, what? I wish DJ Drama would shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's it. It's the Gangsta Grills uh, tape. Supposed okay, to be. I mean, come on. I on a mainstream top tier album, I gotta come back to this shit and I gotta skip almost the first two tracks because he he's almost <laughs> overwhelming the songs. Especially the first one. <laughs> the the intro, my god. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're completely right, and I agree. I, I completely understand doing that on one of like Lil Wayne's a thousand mixtapes. Yeah. I get it, because once you shut up, Lil Wayne's is gonna kill it. You'll move yeah. on. Yeah. But this, like, this finally Tyler flexes his versatility. Uh, I thought all the kind of nuanced sounds he went for, I enjoyed. I agree. Mm-hmm. Even when he Me started too. veering away from rap towards the second half of this album, I, yeah. I enjoyed pretty much every track. Mm-hmm. I thought his chemistry with every artist on here was great. Absolutely. That was a, a huge highlight for me. Yeah. And, yeah. again, like, this is not the album for the DJ to to hype up. It's not. The, the yeah, like, quality they, they of the album had, hypes it up. They should have had a conversation with that, like, yo, man, I, I don't need you to do all that on this. Or DJ Drama should have just knew, listened to the song and said, this doesn't need me on this. It just, it felt so... It felt so old school in like a bad way. Mm-hmm. He tried to he tried to add like a mixtape flavor to something that's clearly an album. Right. Yeah. The artistry like, on here is definitely speaks album. Like he he went in here looking to make a cohesive project. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I mean, even the really there's a couple of tracks on here that are like almost ten minutes. Yeah. I thought they were great. He switched it up. Again, mm-hmm. the features having Brent Fies on here, I was like, "Yes, this, yeah. this is who I want to hear with Tyler, especially when he's gonna get steer a little bit clear from rap." Yeah, because he kind of has that. They almost had the same chemistry that Tyler and um, Frank used to have, like when when they would make music together. But Frank 100%. obviously doesn't answer his phone. But Brent is a great replacement for. Like I, I'm thinking in my mind that would have been Frank. Eight years ago, and Brent is yeah. a perfect replacement. Perfect. I just thought again the versatility. I always knew he had it. It just mm-hmm. never shined in a single project like it did here. Yeah, I agree. I agree yeah. with that for sure. I mean the the young boy and Ty Dolla Sign, great choice. Obviously yeah. a Lil Wayne feature, great choice. I like yeah. Forty Two Doug. I've yeah. only liked 42 Doug on like one other song before. Yeah, and that beat was definitely for 42 Doug. 100%. Yeah. And, and again, the production, that's that's another thing that made me mad is DJ Drama's performance was also really good. Like the beats were great. Yeah, they were. I just they were don't amazing. need to hear you. Mm-hmm. If you have a catchphrase, you know, if you want to pull the DJ Khaled catchphrase, go for it. But, but it's you the don't talking, need to, right? Yes, you don't need yeah. to hype up an, a, an album I can clearly tell is great. 
Like I'm I'm listening to it, DJ Drama. You don't have to tell me <laughs> yeah. to listen to it. Like I'm I'm here. Yeah. Uh, exactly, dude. That's that's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. You. But besides that, again, I didn't love it as like for an album of the year. Mm-hmm. But considering how much I didn't like Tyler and how much I really didn't like his last several albums, I had a lot of fun listening to this. This is this is definitely the best album I've ever heard him make. By hundred percent for me, yeah. it's not even close. It, you know, it, <laughs> I guess uh, for me, he was so low to me that the fact that this is even stomachable is such a high step for him in my. Yes. In my taste, just and, in my taste, he he did have a what was it, Flower Boy? That was uh, that had good tracks. Yeah, it had a couple good songs, yeah. But the whole project, I didn't care for. Same. And this yeah. was like he took some of the like almost all the best aspects of Flower Boy and added to it, and like played with the sound more in every way, and for the better, I thought. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Great project. Yeah, man. And this is the album people should be like like hyping him up, not not Igor. And they're really not as much as I thought they would. I mean, they're hyping the album up, but they're not hyping him up. Like Yeah. Like Igor Igor, everybody was hyping him up how great he is. And with this, it's just the album. Like, no, this is what showed me that Tyler can be great. Yeah, Igor really, that didn't do it for me either, really. So, again, I just, I (laughs) didn't hear it. I didn't hear what people heard on Igor. This, I heard it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Let's get to, let's go Pop Smoke. Oh, you want to go Faith? Pop Smoke. Huh? Stick, Stick with the rap first? Yeah, yeah. Alright. Uh, so, Pop Smoke, second posthumous album, had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of controversy from people close to him saying they put a bunch of random people on these songs to sell it and not really people he would work with. Which, I mean. I get it. I get it. I, I get that, but they don't know that, you know? Maybe by the time he got this big, maybe he would be working with these people. He wouldn't work with these people because he wouldn't be able to contact these people. Like when he first dropped his first album, Chris Brown wasn't answering the phone for him. You know what I mean? Or yeah. Dua Lipa. But but like, to be fair, you know, if I'm an elite artist, if I hear Meet the Woo 2, I'm answering the phone after that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he was on his way to this where he I think was. I agree with you. Yeah, he he was on. I think he was on his way to being that, but you know they can't say before he got there. Like, oh yeah, he never he would never do that. So uh, I, I anyway, do, I do agree that it's like it doesn't from the other albums I've heard from him. Yeah, this didn't feel like a pop smoke album. Right, I agree with that. Yeah, but besides yeah. that, I I had fun listening to it. I did too, man. It, it, it gave me the same, gave me a similar feeling I've had from his other stuff. And the thing is, even the ones that you could tell were very uh, impersonal, I would say. Like, you could tell he didn't make these records with these people in mind or with these people in the studio. 
they found a way to still make it really cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, obviously, the Dua Lipa one is the one that gets targeted more. But, like, when she said the uh, uh, you can't say pop without smoke part, like, that part, that was that was hard, like, compared to the rest of it. I was like, all right, like, she's about to do her part. Like, she's really going to take it over. But then she brought it back to it really being about pop smoke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but, man, I mean... I had the same fun I've had listening to him any other time. He was, he was great. Uh, his this... like his potential to be a top tier artist. Like this is another album that just shows that. To be honest. Yeah, man. He and he was just so, just like really cool of a of a rapper. Like you know, he says cool stuff. He took his voice sounds cool. All of that was just a layup. Even on this, even with a bunch of yep. just unfinished songs. Yep. And these songs, I think, I think where some of the criticism comes from is these songs felt a little more unfinished than a lot of the pre the shoot for the moon uh, tracks. Yeah. And, yeah, and they're just they they're It was missing a few, maybe like two to five, like like tracks that felt like pop smoke songs mm-hmm. right like gangsters felt like a pop smoke song yeah it uh, did 44 bulldog was back to back felt like a pop smoke song yeah yeah i just i didn't really i don't i can't pinpoint a single song that felt like a specifically pop smoke track yeah i would agree with that yeah so and for it, the pop smoke purists i understand why that right that's rough. Right, but again, I, I just I thought how they put it together was really well. The feature choices were really good. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, manslaughter's been an, on my replay since it dropped. Yeah, I mean, him working with Chris Brown. I mean, it's such a W. Yeah, it is. I, I can't picture an easier W than than Pop Smoke and Chris Brown. Yeah, Leah. Again, I thought Kid Cudi working with him was like a surprise. It was a surprise collab. Worked really well. Yeah. Uh, for all the Quavo work he's got, the Takeoff song was really good on here. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, again, again, I, I have a minor issue also with this is I didn't need the deluxe at all. No, me either. That the was deluxe, too much. The deluxe fucking sucked. Yeah, I I I literally for the first time I was like, dude, these are tracks I do not need. Yeah, and if I'm putting together a pop smoke playlist, these track none of these tracks are going in there. Yeah. So, but I you know it was a, a little bit more of like the people he did work with. Mm-hmm. But it's just I was just kind of surprised that the tracks sucked as much as they did. Yeah, and the thing is, if they were gonna put the people he worked with. They should have just been on the album. Like, it was no reason for them to be on the deluxe. You know? It, it makes it easy. Yeah, it makes it sound, like, impersonal when they're, like... When his the artists he worked with the most are on the extra tracks rather than the main tracks. Yeah. That was a weird choice. And then they gave us Dior for the tenth time. <laughs> they really gotta stop that shit. <laughs> For the tenth time, so yeah, 
Yeah. Well, rest in peace, Pop Smoke Man. Glad to hear his voice again. I hope they don't do. I don't want any more though. Like I, I, I'm really good on the posthumous albums from him. I don't, I don't know mind. if they have another one in the works, but I don't want it. You know what I haven't heard, and I guess knowing how he was, like like you said at the beginning, like he hadn't really gotten to the point where he's working with a ton of artists. Yeah. But in a perfect world, I would have liked to see him pop up as a feature a little bit more. And that's what I would have saved these a lot of these songs for. Yeah, like, I think making Manslaughter Rick Ross's track would have would have made it really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, even with the... Like, on the other side, if Dua, he was on one of Dua Lipa's biggest records, that's cooler to me than, you know... Yeah. But... We'll see I mean, what happens. I think, I think they probably Cuddy, do have some. I think Cuddy did have him as a feature on, some, on uh, his last album. I think you're right. Yeah. Somebody definitely did... I was yeah. surprised. Uh, I feel like yeah. it was Kid Cudi. I just can't remember for sure. Yeah, I can't either. All right. Uh, let's see. More rap. More rap. Nas? You want to go to Nas? Yeah, man. Tell me about Nas it. Let me, what'd you think? <laughs> Sorry, you picked the worst ones to ask me what I think about. <laughs> no shot. Oh man, King's Disease 2, man. I'll say the second half of this was amazing. Second half of this Thank album you. Was, Thank was you. Flawless. From uh Store Run Down, great. Great, great album. Uh but <laughs> before Store Run, he was losing me though, man. I'm be honest. I was like this sounds like an old dude rapping right now. Like this sounds like it. It sounded like Nas, but it sounded like, all right, Nas. Like this is. I hope this is your last project. Like by track. By rare. Uh, no, I'll say EPMD two. In the middle of that. You didn't like, like Death Row East. No, I didn't like Death Row East. Really. No, I didn't. Like it. All, right, all right, it was cool, but it was it still felt it still felt old. It felt it just felt like an old guy, you know. Just it's like when we watch the Big Three, we know these guys are pros, but they like Katino Mobley still plays great, but he looks like an old dude that is playing good, not like a NBA player. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll, I have a. I'll like give you me. a comparison for Nas. He's if you want to compare him to NBA greats, mm-hmm. I would compare him to Tim Duncan. To Tim Duncan? Explain. Reverse. Uh, in his peak, MVP, champion, unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Nas, in his peak, was a top three, top five rapper. Has yeah. a classic, out, one of the greatest hip single albums ever. A yeah. number of other top tier albums. Mm-hmm. Over the course of the career, you forget how good of a rapper he is because it's so boring to watch. Just like it could be boring to listen to. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. See the comparison. Yeah, but but where the where my credit to Nas goes, similar to Tim Duncan, is how great how he sustained his talent over time. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Like, yeah. to me, I hear a lot of the other artists who've been around and, like, Jay-Z, I, I completely agree with you. Sometimes he sounds like an old guy. Mm-hmm. I hear that from Kanye. I hear that from Eminem all the time, you know. Yeah. With Nas, his rapping, other than Nasir, unfortunately. Yeah. Other than Nasir, he's never sounded washed. Right. No, he definitely doesn't sound washed. Right, you're right about and, that. And this King's Disease one was like I enjoyed it, but didn't really go back to it. Mm-hmm. This album had a little bit more energy for me to go back to. For sure, for sure. Like I think this was a great sequel to his first King's Disease. I think so too. Yeah, it was. And, and it was. Again, it's very. It's a very complete. There's Nas. I've never accused Nas of having replay value. Right. Never. It's, it's, he doesn't. Yeah. Right. And that's, again, we know that. Having mm-hmm. listened to him countless times, I know that. And this mm-hmm. is another album of him rapping really well, but it doesn't sound old to me. Like, he doesn't sound, he doesn't sound like an old guy. Uh, okay. I mean, so that's, that's where our slight disagreement with, uh, I think, I, is... I only feel that way about the first six songs. None, nothing else on here sounds old to me. I mean, the from store running down, he sounds like Illmatic Nas, pretty close to me. I mean, he sounds great. Yeah, yeah. I, I think elite. I'm a little bit lower. From brunch on Sundays to the end was just, just perfect. It was, yeah. Uh, it was. And, but again, I, I just I was surprised to hear him sound this good. Still, after I just like saying. just like with Tim Duncan, he's f- 36, 37. Still, he's still d- giving you the drop step. You can't stop it. His yeah. jumper is still the flattest in the league. Is going in. <laughs> yeah, but you're you know still not I mean? going to pull up his highlights, and that's the right, that's the right. replay value uh, part. Again, yeah. where I liked it is because it has a little bit more replay value than the first one. It does. But mm-hmm. at the end of the year, when we're kind of trying to remember stuff we really liked yeah I, I'm i not gonna remember this that well right I gotcha but objectively yeah, I, I, I think objectively this is the second best uh, rap album I heard this year okay first being uh, of course Benny and Harry Fraud you put this over uh, the off season yeah oh wow and I dogged the off season I wouldn't even say that but it, okay, I'm not mad at that. <clears throat> off season, I mean, off season's probably third. <laughs> but I think this album, right. like, I'll go back to off season more. Right. But I think this album is objectively better as a rap album. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Um. Who else do we have? Oh, Dave East. Dave East. Dave East. I don't have a lot to say about this. Yeah, I'll give my thoughts first, though. Um, obviously, and I've mentioned, I think, I feel like Dave E's, we've covered more Dave E's projects on here than any other artist. Because, like, I think, I mean, he's had, like, five projects. A good amount, since a good amount yeah. Yeah, since we've been doing the podcast. Um, and I got to say, over the course of 
the last three years, uh, my fan trajectory has went up higher and higher and higher, and my respect for him has went up higher and higher. Like, I always liked Dave East, but I didn't think I was really a fan because I liked a couple songs and I hated a lot of songs. Like, it was... I didn't have a good balance of what I liked from him, right? So, um, going into this, uh, from Karma 3, which I love, Survival, which I loved, this, I knew, because I knew he was going to be doing it with, um, with Harry Fraud, so I knew it was going to be a lot of rapping. And I, I gotta be honest, I wasn't confident he was going to be able to give me that, but, um, he sounds great, man. I mean, he, he sounds really, really, really good. Like, he, he really put he put together some great storytelling on here. So, he's always been a real visual rapper to me. Like, when he's describing something, I see it very well in my head. Um, he kind of went into the uh, Griselda realm of rapping, where it's just loop and him just spitting on the loop. Like, obviously, this isn't like a supposed to be like a masterpiece project like some of his other stuff karma 3 and everything but um man i think i think he did a good job i think he did a good job yeah. showing that he's he could really rap yeah this is a good addition to his catalog it is it definitely is yeah uh and harry fraud by the way is is really stepping up his game out of nowhere i agree uh, and yeah. Benny being on here at one point, his verse he says like, "Harry's on here, you know my verse is gonna be great." And, yeah. and it was. I, I I don't know what exactly he said, but something along those lines. But uh, yeah. it's it's tough. Like again, it's a good addition to his catalog, but like you said, it's not as good as Survival Three, which Survival Three or Survival and Karma Three were like. Were like a hundred and a ninety-five, you know, percent, and this was like a eighty-eight, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So like, definitely. it's not. It's a step back, but only because his previous couple projects were just so great. Yeah, and the thing is, this was, you know, him having Harry Fraud on every record. This was like definitely a. Uh, this was a just a, a project. Yeah, it was a mixtape. Felt like a mixtape. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it was like one of those where. It's almost like um, it's kind of like when they started letting like the sinners get in the uh, skills challenge. Like, yeah, you know, sinners can. We know that sinners can handle the ball some, like, and they can hit shots and they can pass. But do we know they can actually compete in the skills challenge with guards? Right. Maybe not. And, and that's kind of how Dave is. We know Dave is a good rapper, but he's never been like the Griselda guys in his career to me as far as just put on a loop and I'm just gonna spit bars for four straight minutes so him doing this showing that he can do it was impressive but it's just not a song making album if you're looking for a, for songs for stuff like the last two albums this isn't it but if you're looking for just top yeah. tier just I, spitting yeah. it's good I feel bad he uh, he's like survival was so great and Karma 3 was a little bit worse. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, like, Survival was so great, I just, I can't even picture him topping it. <laughs> you think that's his peak? I hope not, but I, it, again, it's only because it's so good. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not saying he's not capable of, get, like, getting better than that, but it, I just... I was so shocked at how great he was from the third or fourth track to the very end, nonstop. Yeah. Uh, but this album, man, I, I really like the length of the tracks here. I yeah, thought me it, too. it moves very quickly and it never even gets a chance to like slow down to a fault. Yeah. I was yeah. hoping, I was hoping for a, a few more New York guys, to be honest. That's fair. Like him yeah. and him and Fabulous are W every time. Yeah, they are. I I yeah. needed another one. Yeah, I would have liked another uh, another one of the Griselda guys other than Benny. Hundred percent. Conway. Even if they didn't West kill Side, it. Yeah. Yeah. Even if they didn't kill it, I just w- would like to hear it. Hundred you know? yeah. Um, and I think with Karma Three, he gave that with the deluxe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. He did. I remember the deluxe had a few more features. It wasn't specifically New York guys. But like more, you know, elite hip hop guys because he often sounds good with them. Yeah, he can hang with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What I don't need is French fucking Montana. I agree. <laughs> yeah. And he sucked, of course. It didn't surprise me one bit. I, I just do not understand why he keeps getting asked to be on records. I just don't get it. <laughs> What does he bring to songs? Nothing. I just I, I really don't I don't see the appeal. Like who who's who's ever been like, yo, you hear the new French? <laughs> or yo, French is performing at my like local place. Like you try to go? Like Nobody who thinks like that? that? Nobody cares about him. Nobody's ever said that. Yeah. No. So We only ever hear about his albums because he has fire features. Fire features on the singles. Right. He's like a... If anybody leeches off the industry, or mooches, whatever you want to call it, it's French yeah. Montana. Bro, I'm, I'm telling you, he's going to have to make albums without rapping on them one day. Like, he's going to have to just pick guys to be on songs and say, yeah, this is the new French Montana album. Because he cannot keep making music as a rapper. There's no way. There's no way. I, I, I see no it. appeal. It's it's he somehow gets worse. It's hard to get worse. Like he doesn't he just is, stay man. bad. It's like I I hate hearing him more and more every time I hear him yeah. on something new. Me too. Yeah. I usually skip his tracks now. To be honest, I didn't skip this one, but a lot of them where I see he has a single with someone or. Oh, I haven't touched a French Mont any single that he's been on in years yeah since the sway lee track that was the only one and that's a hundred percent sway lee it is so and i wonder if french recognizes that i wonder if he knows that he doesn't contribute to the success of that song at all most of his songs i don't know seems (laughs) he seems strangely confident for somebody who's so garbage on every track yeah I agree alright uh, you have any more rappers um I mean I'm there's a couple I missed that I'm gonna get to eventually okay uh, that being Isaiah Rashad and Vince Staples oh, okay uh, those are two that Vince Staples was like on literally on my laptop I don't know why I didn't get to it but hmm. uh, 
some of these, uh, to be honest, some of these I've had, like, Nas, I had a, a lot of fun listening to for about a week. Mm-hmm. I was going back to it a lot. It's a good workout album. It's a good, like, chill album. Yeah. Uh, and I was surprised. Like we said, you know, normally I listen to it once or twice and I'm good. But mm-hmm. this one I enjoyed a little bit more. All right. I have uh, one more rapper. Um, uh, we talked about Dave East, so not to get him confused. But Dave, uh, British, UK rapper. I shouldn't say British, but UK rapper. Um, so, you know, we talked about Stormzy on here. We talked mm, about Skepta so a little bit. So good. Skepta a little bit here and there. Yeah, Stormzy's album was fantastic. Um, but, man... This is the best. This is the best rap album I heard this year. Honestly, wow. hold up. What's it called? <laughs> We're all alone in this together. And Dave is the artist, right? Yeah, just Dave. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, you know, obviously the culture is different, right? In the United States, we're both in the United States. Uh, the culture is different from here to the UK, so I, I take that into the into account when I'm listening to the, the project. And I mean, man, he just he had a lot of those tracks that like really like dug into your soul kind of tracks, like okay. very reflective. Um, mm, he I showed a lot of versatility. Story. Yeah, Snow, James Blake. James Blake wrote a couple of these songs. Um, Wizkid, obviously, and obviously Stormzy. There's a bunch of guys on In The Fire. He doesn't list them on Spotify, but there's a lot of other rappers on In The Fire. Uh, Giggs is on there. I recognize his voice. I don't recognize other voices, really, but... um, Just, man, it's just real, real hardcore, uh, like, from his soul rapping, man. Like, I I could tell, like, he really went into his diary to write these songs. So, um, it has a lot of replay value too. I, I've listened to Heart Attack a lot, even though a lot of Heart Attack is like basically acapella, but the rapping is just elite. I listen to In the Fire a lot. It has a bunch of artists. They kind of give their different verses. System, you already know System is good with Wizkid. You already know that's great. The Snow Allegra song is great. But yeah, man, this is, I think it's a must listen for anyone who likes rap or who. Who likes normal like other UK rappers, uh, Stormzy and all those guys? It's a really, really, really good project. Really good project. Right, sorry, just putting it down. <clears throat> so I remember. Yes, yeah, it's, it's solid. So solid. Twelve project. tracks, perfect length. Uh, I like it. I like the cover <laughs> some, too. Cover looks cool. Some, some of them are really long though. I, I see. That's fine. <laughs> Heart attack is ten minutes of and you know, a couple really, seven minute tracks here, and it's really ten minutes. Like it's, I would say eight minutes of it is rapping, which is kind of crazy. I'll be honest with you. I I don't know if I've ever heard a, a seven plus minute song and didn't feel the length. <laughs> and I've liked yeah. this, like the even the Tyler song that I liked a lot with Brent Fias. I I felt how long it was. You'll feel the length probably on these two. Okay. In the fire is cool because they the beats switch up a lot, but heart attack's beat doesn't switch up and it's just straight rapping. Okay. But you really want to hear what he's saying, which was 
which was impressive. All right, all right. Uh, let's change gears to R and B. Right? Is is that basically all? Everything else is R and B. We have right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Doja Cat. She probably the biggest release out of the R and B artists. Um, yeah, man, it's been the only big one that I've listened to, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, she caught fire with Hot Pink, which is a really, really, really good project. Obviously, she has, like, every song on there became a hit, just about, like, half of them, at least. Uh, so, she has some good singles coming into this. The SZA track, right, was a single? Yeah, Kiss Me More, and then... Uh, I think she released the weekend one, like the year. I mean, the week before it came out. I think she did. So like, people knew that one was coming. So, some of your thoughts, man. What do you think? This this was another artist that I didn't really fuck with, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I I never really got into her voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I really wasn't looking forward to this because I had kind of been burned out listening to a lot of the better uh, female artists from last year. Uh huh. So I was like, you know, like especially because I don't like her. Like I'm not really looking for this. Um, but I was wrong. Uh, she is an. This showed me that she is a top tier artist. Mm, okay. Uh, her versatility is top tier. And, and Super it's funny, top tier. It's funny because her like the way she sounds isn't that versatile necessarily but how she incorporates it into different songs and how the songs like vary with with her sound yeah is is so elite on this album yeah i mean yeah th- like she she doesn't miss once on here yeah seriously i, I didn't love every track but her performance on every track was top tier. Yeah, yeah. So, like, just as far as artist performance on their own album, this was flawless. Yeah, I agree. This was, I, agree. I mean, the the feature choice was great. The length was great. Uh, she never got, like, I never heard two tracks that felt the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, she she changed it up in, su- in such creative ways, and her voice was like so unique on a lot of the tracks. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I loved it, man. I I, re- I don't really have any deep thoughts because, again, I had no flaws, no issues with it. Yeah, man. Uh, this one, she showed a lot of versatility, even in like subject matter too, which I always say is a big thing for me. Um, she didn't really talk about the same thing every song. She and she found ways to be like the way she can switch tempo so easily is advanced for like female R and B right now. I feel yeah. like I, I think that's one thing I think that keeps uh, and I don't mean this like in a disrespectful way, but it keeps female R and B out of like the like popularity, I guess. Yeah, specifically because mainstream a lot of it, popularity for sure. Right, mainstream popularity, yeah. Because a lot of the tempos are very similar. But um, for her to be able to, like, she does like the Drake thing where she can, she'll sing half of it and then the, she right. saves it in for her rap first. Or she'll rap the beginning and then have, you know, sing the rest of the track. And 
you know, she had songs that were slow, that were uh, more intimate, that were bouncy. Um, yeah, man. It's and, a really good, really good project. And that's what surprised me is I've always, I always saw the appeal of her like a little bit faster paced, more like, like dance kind of songs. Yeah. But the slower, more intimate songs were where kind of her, like the fact that I didn't like her voice was more noticeable. Yeah. I, I just didn't, I didn't get a connection like to the song in any way. Yeah. And on this album, I was like, every verse, I was like, wow, I didn't think I would enjoy that, but that sounded really good. Do you think you could, do you think going, like, this makes you listen to her differently going backwards? Mm, I don't know, I'd have to see, because, like, I had given her a fair chance and, and didn't really get into her music. Yeah. Uh... But this, I probably listened to this album more than anything else this year. Well, except for again Benny and, and Harry Fraud. But right, right. Uh, besides that, as far as like mainstream albums go, I I, don't, I haven't listened to anything else more than this. What's your top three? I knew you were gonna ask, and it's changed. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, a, yeah. It's like okay, the weekend track is objectively the best. Okay. Uh, she even made uh, Gunna sound good on here. I know. I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, this is gonna be the one miss." Like, yeah, I get it. You gotta throw him in, you know. But he yeah. sounded good. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, but again, the weekend track was my favorite. I think Alone was my second favorite. Mm-hmm. And my third favorite. I think Need to Know. Okay. Need to Know, yeah. I'll, uh, that's cool, a good cool. three right there. Cool. Get Into I, It I'm, was so fun, too. Thank you. Get Into so It is my fun. favorite. I, I I've fought with my friends about it. They're like, you know, Get Into It sucks, man. Like, I'm like, bro, Get Into It is a hit. Sucks? Oh, yeah. No, no shot. No shot. <laughs> it, it's a hit. Get Into It is my favorite. Then, uh... Man, hearing Eve on tonight, tonight I I just like tonight. Uh, that's probably my second favorite, and then um, and then probably Alone is my third. So, yeah. But I, I've been a Doja Cat fan, man. I, I championed Hot Pink. I remember, like, I won't say I was like excited for Hot Pink to come out, but listening to Hot Pink, I I was really I I just really loved the album in general like it's this really good album but i didn't think she would be able to sustain that as far as the album goes because i i think and i thought this before this new album came out planet her came out but um she's at the point where i don't think she'll ever make bad music and, and i say that because she knows like she's found it like she she's found it for her, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, she she like, seems like she could any flow she goes for can easily be like a radio hit. Yes, yes, she found the formula for her now, and she'll always have a hit, always. Yeah. So, and and specifically yeah. as a uh, for you, right? The extended version surprisingly was the one I actually liked more. Me too. 
her getting it, her getting an extra verse in there, I was like, this sounds so good. It does, man. It's like a little more rap oriented, mm-hmm. uh, and again, that that was like you you got it every now and then on a couple of tracks, but it wasn't yeah. too much. And normally, yeah. I don't really look out for extended versions of songs. Yeah, me either. Uh, but this was a rare moment where it actually be made it a better song. Well, I, I am curious if you if you did listen to uh, Hot Pink again, what what you would think after hearing this? Now that I you know know that you you like her more than you did, I, I, I'll get back to it at some point. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm curious to see how that goes. Okay. What's next? Uh, that's it for me, man. I I missed everything else that you got. Um, I'm gonna skip. Who was the Who was the one you? I can't believe I missed. It was it LMA or uh, no her? Recently? It was her. Oh, we didn't talk about her's album. That I, I, I missed it. Um. I just remembered it the other day too. I'm so mad. I'm gonna be honest, man. And I don't, I don't want to say this, but I had a really hard time even bringing myself to listen to her's new album. And I say this because, I say this because, I don't, I don't understand why she keeps only making songs about her heart being broken. I, I just don't, I don't want to hear that for. 21 songs and then well 20 songs and then hear slide at the end of the album like I, I don't it's just weird it's weird that she does that cause she plays every instrument known to man her voice sounds flawless on every song she makes I don't know why she doesn't show more versatility in her music Yeah, this was me going into this uh, album but um, I listened to it man and I really did enjoy it. I did. Um, I, I thought it flowed nicely, and it, it sounded really good. She obviously, obviously, her voice sounds great, but uh, I, I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I did. Uh, I'm not gonna give my top three. I'll just say it's worth a listen. It's worth a listen okay. at least once. I'll say that. Um. Then I heard, uh, I'm going to just run through these quickly. Um, I heard Tinashe's album. Tinashe's had a hard time in the past. Uh, <laughs> struggling to be a good song maker, good writer, I would say. Because I think she has the swagger to make good music. Obviously, she has the looks to make, you know, to sell records, but... She's had a hard time with the songwriting, I feel like, since basically since Tuan came out um, and the f- making a full album. Um, but I I really enjoyed this album too, man. I don't know if maybe I was just in the R&B vibe lately, but uh, this album had a lot of songs in here that I was impressed that you know kind of rang nicely in my uh, in my ears this time. Yeah. Uh, I, I gotta hear it, man. I- I, I don't remember the last album I listened to from Tanache, but I didn't really like it. It was it was nice. a number of years ago. That's not surprising, man. She hasn't <laughs> had a good album. Right. And <laughs> like it, last time I heard her was on uh, They They's album. So 
And she sounds great on there. So. She's seen good. Yeah, I got a good impression of her right now. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, it that's another one I think is is worth a listen. All these I'm just saying are worth a listen. And uh, lastly, man, um, she doesn't get a lot of credit or even really get a lot of recognition, and that's Tink. Um, this is a great album. This my this is one of my favorite albums of the year. Okay, it really is. Heat of the moment. It's called Heat of the Moment. Um, and she's another one man she can sing her voice is you know she kind of has like a squeaky voice and that's not her fault obviously but her voice sounds great on here the rap verses sound great on here um you know she's talking that uh you know toxic at times uh sexy it's just it's a really, really good project. It really is. I don't have much else to say about it, but I loved it. I, I've I've went back to it over and over. I mean, it's only been a week, but I've been playing it like every day this week. So, okay. um, yeah, man, it, that, it's one of my favorites of the year for sure. That's Tank Heat of the Moment. Um, that's all I got for that's all I got for music. Yeah, man, it, it's been a slow burn as far as, like, the music year goes. Yeah. But as always, there's always stuff under the radar. There's always mainstream stuff that doesn't get, like, the proper attention. Yeah. Uh, so this year's picking up, man. It's been a good summer. I've had a lot of fun listening to some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. I got to uh, ask, before we get into movies... Uh, a lot of people ask me, uh, what do you think we're getting first? <laughs> do you know the question? Uh, I think the same think weekend, getting... man. Same weekend. They're not dropping on the same weekend. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, they are. Okay. I think Drake will probably drop on Saturday. If Kanye drops Friday, I think Drake will drop on the next day. So I'll say Kanye first. Kanye first. I don't know why he set up these insane expectations. I'll, well, I'll, say, I'll say Kanye first because I think Kanye needs it more. I think Kanye needs it. Yeah, more he, there's a new release date. I think the twenty second, right next next weekend. I think. And, and I think As I think Drake's is, matters. I think Drake's is done. So I think I think Kanye has been longer for Kanye. Obviously, the last album didn't sell well, but uh, I think. I don't think Drake needs to sell. He doesn't need it. He has everything else. He has the clothing. He has all this other stuff going. Not that Kanye needs money, but I think Kanye needs to put music out. All right, movies. Yeah. Um, we got some superhero movies to touch on, of course. Uh, which one you you want to start chronologically? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, Black Widow has uh, came out, graced our screens. Uh, Scarlett Johansson obviously is in the drama right now with the it's unfortunate. Yeah, man, it sucks that shit like that kind of overshadows the movie for whether the movie's good or not. I just I want people to like like or not like the movie rather than focus on shit like this. Yeah, plus it sucks that it may harm you know future endeavors between yeah. her and Disney. 
Anyway, okay, so the movie. Uh, what do you think about it, man? Or you want my thoughts first? No, I mean, I'll go first. I, I okay. had fun with it, man. It, it was... Something about Marvel... Marvel just has this perfect formula for especially mm-hmm. for the solo movies or like the the more condensed like lesser character movies. Yeah. Uh they mm-hmm. have they have such a good tone for movies like this. Yeah, they do. They do. They do a good job. And, and this movie is another example. I feel like the comedy on here is is like the perfect level of corny and funny. Yeah. Uh, the pace of the story moves like it, it keeps you engaged. Yep, keeps yep. you interested. Uh, again, the character depth is always subtle but very well done. Another example of that. Yep, yep. So I I had a good time watching this man. I I I was just surprised that we get it this late into the overall story. Yeah. Um... It's clear that it it was supposed to be before Loki. Um, right. Well, at least it feels that way. Right. Uh, yeah, man. You know, I thought it was really, I thought it was really cool. I liked the introduction to characters because that was something I think. Uh, I won't say I was worried about, but I was kind of anxious to see how they did um, with her sister and you know the parents in the movie, but. Uh, I was anxious to see how they would introduce characters we don't know now because, like, when's the last time they showed us somebody new that we had never seen before in a Marvel movie? Like, four movies ago. So it was like, yeah, I mean, as far as a hero goes, it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was anxious to see how they did that, and it was it was pretty clean, pretty pretty clean. Um, you know, I think my only criticism was I, I think the uh, it, it was a little bit predictable to me at times, but you know, it, it has to be to an extent, right? Obviously, I think all the Marvel movies for people, and I'm not a big comic book person, but for the comic book people, all the movies are predictable. Like they they know how they beat people, how everything's gonna happen, so. Yeah. I think it's interesting that Marvel even circumnavigates that to still come out with, you know, popular movies. So yeah, I, and and as I mentioned, a lot of the positives and kind of their formula, like for those things being the best aspects of the movie. Yeah. What seems to always suffer, and it suffers again here. Mm-hmm. The villain, the villain is lame. Yeah, super lame. Lame really and weak. You've kind of hinted at her backstory all this time. I, I just, I was expecting something a little more intense, yeah. a little more meaningful than just like just a, some wimp in his office. And, yeah. yeah, and it's such a great actor too, who I hadn't seen in a long time. Yeah, and, and I saw, I noticed in the intro credits, I'm like, yo, Ray Winstone, he's got to be the villain. Yeah, yeah. And he sucked, like, not really to, his, <laughs> yeah. you know, because of his performance, just because they made him whack. Yeah. They made him, like, so, like you said, predictable, uh, just very basic. Yeah, and, you know, even wasting Olga Karolinko on 100%. Taskmaster, 100%. such a waste. Yeah, the Taskmaster is literally in the movie to make the villain situation look cool. 
Yeah, and, and for the comic book fans, because Taskmaster was huge in the comics. And it's like, yeah, it just made it look a little bit more dangerous, but, you know, come on, man. Yeah. It was, it that, was that part, really that bad. But again, that that's in a lot of their individual movies. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I'm trying to think. The only time they've really nailed a villain storyline or making the villain like engaging and interesting besides obviously Thanos mm -hmm. uh, but I think Killmonger yeah besides yep. that every individual movie I could go back and think about I don't even really care about the villain at all yeah I would agree with that Yeah, I, I think um, uh, what was her name uh, Helena in Ragnarok was, was pretty good not as good as close, Killmonger, but she obviously. didn't get like she didn't get the development that she deserved. No. I think no, she didn't. You're right because I still don't know why she hated everyone on yeah. Asgard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like again, it wasn't explored enough. But like the Marvel is so good at focusing on the positive aspects of their development. Because yeah. while we don't know anything about Helena, the the development with the Valkyrie chick was awesome. Obviously, yeah. Hulk and Thor was awesome. Yeah. The uh, the Rock guy was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And in this movie, the villain is trash, but her chemistry with the sister is elite. Elite, yeah. Elite. The yeah. sister. The sister is the primary source of comedy, and she's hilarious. I thought. I did. I did too. She was great. I thought the two she like was flawless the, in there. Yeah, I thought the the parents were mm -hmm. were like corny at times, a little yeah. to a fault. Yeah. Specifically, David Harbor. He like they really forced trying to make him funny. They they didn't need to do it yeah. as much as they did. Right. I agree. But the I sister agree. was just like perfect. How she made fun of her like poses. And mm -hmm. just the situation that they like, how differently they grew up, I thought was perfect. Yeah, it was. It was. All right. Uh, so, um, the next movie. Speaking of superhero movies, Fast and Furious. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Fast and Furious. Officially yeah. a superhero franchise now. I love it. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, man, this is really not much you can say. About yeah, it's hard to deep dive this. I yeah, think it was just, I think okay. they're getting better at their formula. I do too. I do. I think this movie was a big step up from the last one, from the last mm -hmm. uh, what was it, Fate of the Furious? Yeah. Uh, this this movie finally like full blown embraces the the craziness of the the franchise full blown absolutely which I loved I, I thought like Tyrese and, and Ludacris kind of joking the whole time about like yo are we fucking superheroes I thought that was hilarious it was yeah and, and for the again like you have to turn off your brain to really enjoy these movies if you can't do that <laughs> I wouldn't recommend you watching it yeah me too because this movie continues the unrealistic, like, the wild shit that... I mean, Dom... Dom is just, like... Is, is like, literally Iron Man. Yeah, he is. Without the fucking costume. Like, it's ridiculous. Yep. And yep. I, again, this movie... What's, what's great about it is... 
they give you one new thing to make you engaged in the story. Mm-hmm. Surprise! It took nine movies for us to get Dom's backstory. <laughs> But throwing in yeah. Dom's backstory made the plot of this movie, like, I, I thought really good for, for what I it agree. is. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. that kind of, like, centering around that made the movie, again, flow much better, much mm-hmm. more engaging. You're not, like, this movie never got to a point where I'm like, I don't care. Right. The no, last movie, the last movie was like that often. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, this is a step up from the last one. Is it one of the better movies of the franchise? No, it's not. But I'm okay with that. We're on nine. It's hard for me to even compare them to each other anymore. Like, Yeah, that's a good point. Because yeah. they're so, at this point, they're so, like, in a good way, different to me. Uh, because, yeah. like you said, they're getting better to the point where their formula is a smaller portion of the movie. Like, right. the first five, the formula was like, yo, something big's going on. We need the cars to like get the job done, and that's it. Now it's like, all right, we're doing other stuff, but now we still... But don't forget, we still have cars, and we're still great <laughs> yeah. drivers. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, thought, I thought it was really good. Um, I will say this, though, my only negative... Yeah, we're probably on the same page with this one. <laughs> well, I have I have two negatives, but one of my main negatives was I needed the rock in this. Like the rock was missing in this to me. Big time. Yeah. I needed a rock John Cena fight. I needed the jokes. Cuz like this really didn't have a lot of jokes outside of um Tyrese. Like no one else was really that funny in here. Maybe here and there uh uh, you know, like yeah, I think some funny parts, but they made a mistake. Like they kind of they went for bringing Han back as like kind of a, a like a good moment for the movie. Yeah, but the only good part about it was just like him reuniting with people, and, and it's not I, even. I don't care about Han at all. Yeah, me. that didn't make any sense, which I'm okay <laughs> with because a lot of the shit they do doesn't make sense. Yeah, but it's only because the cast is like has such great chemistry that it made the reunion moments with everybody really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it didn't add anything to the story. I didn't give a shit about Han being there. Like, no. all of a sudden he's a sniper. Like, I couldn't care less. Han reuniting with. Um... I don't even remember his name. The other dude from Tokyo Drift would have been more emotional to me than Han reuniting with the Fast and Furious team. Yeah, like, and, he, and and I thought it was great at the end when, you know, they always have, like, a cookout together every time. Yeah. yeah I thought him coming cool. in and all those guys, which were hilarious, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, throwing them in as, like a, like, a wild car crew that does, like, crazy shit. I thought it was yeah. so funny. Yeah. They, and Han... Reuniting with them at the end was only great because of the chemistry, not because exactly. of the story or the writing or anything. Exactly, yeah. Because to be honest, if Han just showed up at the end, I would have been fine. Like, I didn't need Han in the rest yeah, of the movie. It wouldn't have made yeah. the movie better or worse in any way. Right, right. And they, I guess they couldn't get the uh, licensing from 
Marvel for uh, Bow Wow to have his Hulk car back. I was hoping that would happen, but no. It's that would have been hilarious. Really, it would have been cool, yeah. Yeah. But um, cool movie, man. Lots of action. Great scenes. I like that they're upping the ante. They're going to be fighting aliens or something next time. Yeah, I like, was shocked. They went to space already. <laughs> I thought yeah, they were saving that for the next one. <laughs> The next one is only gonna be in space. Yeah, I was when they when they're talking about like going to space. I'm like, yo, already? I thought we yeah. were like, I thought that was gonna be in ten. Yeah, they have to. Oh, like really? That was only so be in funny. Space. That was Maybe hilarious. Maybe they'll asteroid or something. Yeah, again, yeah. like because they they embraced the stupidity, it made Ludacris and Tyrese so much funnier. It did, yeah, it did. So and Tyrese and the other ones. Like, a lot of times, they try to force him to, like, say something funny when he doesn't really need to. Right. And here, it felt a lot more natural because the the feel of the movie fit that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this the, is the first one? Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead before I get into my last point. This is the first one that I actually felt some emotion in the movie as well. Like, like you mentioned in the last one, even with the baby, they kind of try to force the emotion on you. Obviously, I felt emotion when, um, you know, when uh, Brian, Paul Walker in real life died. But in the, you know, the see you again moment, yeah. I felt that. But, like, throughout the movie, I had no other emotion. Like, it, but this one, I really felt, like, with the father and the, the brother and all that situation, I really felt like, wow, like, this is this is something serious going on like you thank know. you thank you for reminding me because it's a minimal like thing in the movie mm-hmm. but them acting like like Brian is still alive is is ridiculously unnecessary i know oh he's just a little bit late no he's not coming or or he's just at home babysitting like what why yeah yeah it you you're yeah. ruining like one of the most emotional moments of the franchise, yeah. For for absolutely no reason, for something completely meaningless. Yep. But my main yep. last point, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is a negative, <clears throat> and okay. I told you this. Uh, we got, let's go six. We got Luke Evans. Yeah. I would say slightly underrated actor. I've liked him in a lot of stuff. Didn't like him in some things, but. For the most part, I like him. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Um, just so I don't mess up the order, seven was Jason Statham. Yeah. Great. They even yeah, his, throw it was the his uh, brother, the revenge. Right, right. They even yeah. throw in the um, the African guy who I, whose name I don't know how to say, so I'm not gonna try. Which one from from what Blood Diamond? He? Oh yeah, Jimon yeah. Honsu. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. He's in a lot of stuff good actor man he's always and good. wasn't tony john in there too randomly yeah yeah he was like a henchman love it yeah yeah um uh and then you had hobbs and shaw i believe yeah uh idris elba great well no the 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 fast and furious the last one was before hobbs and shaw oh it went shaw. eight then hobbs and shaw yeah hobbs and shaw is the most recent one okay before this, right. this new one yeah so it went eight charlie Theron. Yep. Top tier actress, top tier. Idris yeah, Elba, top tier screen on screen presence. Yep. To John Cena. 
can't be serious. <laughs> yeah. I would love Charlize to see... Charlize was in it too, though. <laughs> and whoever the other guy, the, the dude that was uh, yeah. actually their boss. Yeah, I didn't... Whatever. There's always, like, some there. other, like, boss guy, you know, who's like a, a, a wimp. That's always the case. Yeah, but they could have done better with that one this time. Yeah, it, it's Could've not... Been. Oh, man. I, I don't want to just, like, flat out say John Cena sucks, even though he does. Mm-hmm. But it's... He doesn't get an opportunity to shine like the other villains got. Especially not at what he does good, which we'll talk about in a little while. But he, right. he didn't get to do anything of his strengths in this, other than... He barely did. fights in this movie! Right. Like, I was shocked towards the end of the movie. They handle his, like, switch up from villain to good guy. Like, it's... Forget rushed. It's Usain Bolt ran through. <laughs> Usain Bolt break the record time for the 100-meter dash. Like, that's how fast they run through that shit. Yep. But, like, his fight with, with uh, Vin Diesel... I'm like, yes, like, wow, I'm shocked it's so early, but this is far. And then he just dips. Yeah. I'm like, why would you do this? And then yeah. he never really fights again. He just pops up to look tough. And he doesn't look tough, to be honest. And he doesn't look tough because he's not a good, like, he's he doesn't, compared he's, to all those other actors, he's trash. And I was going to say, he's really not even an actor. He just is in some movies. Like, right. there's a difference between being an actor and some dude in movies. Like, he don't, don't get me wrong. Jason Statham had the same problem. All they, they just threw him in to just pop up in every situation. It made no sense. They didn't connect yeah. it. He just was was there every time. But he was a lot more. He was a lot scarier than. Uh, yes, he was badass. Yeah. You you gave him a chance to like look tough, say yeah. some cool shit, do some cool shit. John yeah. Cena doesn't get to do that. Jason Statham is a top tier. Scary, like 100%. villain or protagonist. Hundred percent. Yeah, we just saw that in uh, Wrath of Man. Yeah. So, yeah. I, but again, I would be more mad at John Cena, but th like this isn't a franchise where I'm looking for him to act well. But they don't put no. him in a position to look good. Nope. Nope. So that that kind of frustrated me. Especially considering he's like a central figure to the Dom's backstory. Yeah. I mean, Dom, Dom's fight with The Rock in 5 was better than this. It was. You know? So, and before, I mean, even to your point, in like those movie order, that's when The Rock came at that. Like before that, before right. the order you started, The Rock was the one who came before then. So yeah. it's all been upgrades pretty much. But yeah, just like such talent that you don't have to, you don't have to like make them look good because they're so great regardless. Yeah. John Cena isn't, is nowhere near that level. Right. And it, it unfortunately shows in the worst ways a lot of the time. I hope they don't bring John Cena back. I think they will, but I hope they don't. I, I, I don't mind him coming back to like actually do cool shit though. I, I don't better know. than Han. Oh yeah, better than Han for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather them bring yeah. back Wonder Woman than Han. 
Yeah. They probably will now since he's right. back. Right. But Bring his girl I back. Just, again, for for nine for the ninth movie to be probably the weakest villain wise. Mm-hmm. That was I mean, other than maybe like Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. I just that frustrated me. Because I think if John Cena was better, this movie would have been that much more exciting and, and more like enjoyable for a, a wider audience. I think. Yep. Yep. Okay, last movie. Um, I have to warn you about this. I'm completely walking back my take because I watched it again. That I told you in private. <laughs> wow, I am shocked. Completely walking it back, man. Yeah. You know, I, I had to listen to some commentary about it. I'm not gonna lie. And then when I watched it again, I, it was a completely different reaction. So, and that's uh, Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, excuse me, um, directed by James Gunn and written by James Gunn of the Gunn Brothers that uh, also did Guardians of the Galaxy one and two, right? I'm very. They clearly else. let. They clearly let James Gunn like fully make this movie. Yeah, and Zack Snyder was a producer on this as well. He like for some reason no one gives him any credit for having any contributions to this, but he all, he was a producer, so he, his hand was in here somewhere. Uh, probably in the carnage, but uh, uh, initially I'll just start before I we get to the bottom of why you changed your mind. <laughs> Our only agreement initially was we've seen enough of this of suicide oh, squad. That has not changed. So Again, that, that hasn't, hasn't changed. changed for me either. I've I'm no. good on this storyline, on these yeah. characters for a while. Like I don't mind seeing these characters in other situations and movies. Yeah. But this combination, let's let's take a good decade break. It well, I'll let me say I don't want to see Suicide Squad as how they have them now, where it's like kind of silly. Like if Suicide Squad, they came. Well, I'll talk about that after when we finish. I'll come back to that when we finish because I have a long thing. I do uh, think so, this so could what carry is the on. The main, but... like, what is this? The main aspect of what made you change your mind? Um. I think I just took it a lot less serious the second time I watched it. Okay. And uh, the thing is, I had to really separate this from the last one. Like, I know it's not a sequel. I know it's supposed to be a reboot or, uh, you know, revival. I don't know. What, they didn't they help considered. themselves not clearing that up. Right. So, going into this, I knew it was going to be different people. Where right? I obviously knew Will Smith wasn't coming back. Obviously, I knew that they killed like five of them in the first one. So going into this, I was like, okay, I kind of know how they get down. Uh, but I guess the jokes in the first time and how just <laughs> it was way more weird than the first one, and, and I didn't yeah, like that. For sure. I, I didn't like that on first watch. I didn't. But on second watch, I was able to just appreciate the stuff that I did like about it in the first one. 
So, you know, it was easier. It was better that way. I got you. It's funny because I was I was surprised at how negative. Because you led with like, yo, I never want to see this again, like the the Suicide Squad again. And I was like, I agree with you, but that's not my first takeaway from this movie. Okay. So, I I loved how wacky and how crazy it was. I loved the choice of characters in this movie. I thought the storyline starts off in, in... James Gunn has such an advantage compared to the last one because he doesn't really have to introduce these characters. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, it just... It, it, the the last movie, and that was probably the one of the better aspects of the last movie, is that it introed the characters. It had the rush introing everybody. Right. This movie flies through the introductions. Yep. Again, Usain yep. Bolt record-breaking flies. Yep, and I was cool with that. Exactly. Because none of them really mattered. So. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I I was, I had the wrong impression. I thought Idris Elba was replacing Deadshot because he he originally was. Yeah, that's what I thought, and and I was really nervous about that, and I only thought that because Harley Quinn's still in the movie, you got Captain Boomerang, Rick Flagg is still in the movie, Yeah, but he's a new character, which made the story so much better. It did. And it's not not like they, they made, like, it's the same backstory almost as Deadshot. Basically. But it's just like a different, like a different type of character a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I really like that. They separated him from Deadshot as, as like the story went on more. Like you saw that he wasn't just a sharpshooter. He had these cool weapons. You know, he had this different story where he really cared. He actually does care about people. Like he never, even from the beginning, he never gave the impression that he didn't care about anybody. Like Deadshot. Immediately, as soon as they called him, he was like, I don't care about any of you guys. Yeah. Like, that was the joke, kind of. So, in this one, you never got that feeling from Bloodsport at all, that he, you know, right. didn't care about who was there. And, and they set up the, they intro, they started this movie by killing off so many members, and I thought that was great. Like, I mm-hmm. thought the first movie, like, thinking, as soon as that happened... And I was kind of shocked because I'm like, what the hell? Like, where's the movie even going from here? Uh, right. And then they quickly intro a second team that comes in where I was like, oh, shit. Like, okay, this is kind of the how the movie's going to go. Right. But as, as it just happened, I'm like, yo, the first movie would have been way better if it came in with something wild like that. I agree. You I know, agree. I, the, the first movie kind of leached off of the universe where it's, oh, Batman bringing most of these guys in or, yeah. like, whoever bringing them in. But here, it's, like, a lot more crazy, a lot more just random. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. the, the cho- again, the choice of characters is so great because it embraces just how just crazy all this shit is. Yeah. I, I mean, every time they describe somebody's powers... Like, there's, like, a collective, like, what the fuck did you say? Like, he does what? <laughs> like, 
Yeah, and and, and, this and I man, thought that was hilarious. It was, it was, and and this being more comedic, the star, the star of it ended up being John Cena for me, man. He was he, his humor was the funniest in this movie. Absolutely. He what does he do? Throw polka dots at people? <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> he literally does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I thought the uh, choice of powers was so funny. It was. I mean, yeah. just like spoiler alert, by the way. You know, if you haven't seen it, you should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and support this movie because I think it flopped in the box office. Yeah, because this is you know one of the as far as actors go, this is probably the biggest movie that was HBO Max as well as theaters. You know. Yeah, and it's just weird that like. Space Jam Two does better than this, really? Yeah, I mean that's crazy. You only had to, to pay LeBron and Don Cheadle. No, but uh, to stick with this movie, uh, mm-hmm. again, I loved how it flowed. It, I did too. It, at every point, it embraced the craziness more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I thought the weakest from the beginning. I thought the weakest points were where the story had to stop. To kind of cover somebody's backstory. Mm, give me an example. Like, like Bloodsport was naturally you kind of learn more about him as the the movie plays out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's an unnecessarily long scene on the bus or on the van where the uh, rat girl the rat is girl. describing, and like the movie literally stops. It, it's almost they literally like finish a conversation. And she just starts talking about her fucking backstory. Yeah, it was very random, too. Yeah, and, and I was like, yo, and, then, I, and they even cast a, a fire director as in the role of her dad, by the way. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who directed yeah, director, actor, Thor. Tika Martini. Uh, yeah, 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 I think that's it. I he, think he um, plays the rock guy in Thor. Yeah, I think he, so, He voices yeah. him, but... I, I didn't need just, the blanket part it. either. That that made me that made me want to throw up. <laughs> the <laughs> them covering them as a blanket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole, again, the disgusting. whole backstory. I didn't need, like John Cena doesn't get a backstory of this movie at all. Yeah, but he he has a series coming out. Oh, I didn't even know right that. So, so that's yeah. that's a whole different story then. And that's how they that's how they uh, snuck him not having a backstory in this. Yeah. I, I will say I, I really liked one thing though, and this is again on the second watch made me like it more. I liked how Rick Flag and Harley like picked back up where they left off. Like I like how it was clear that they had worked together before. I yeah. liked that because I I was I guess I knew they were both going to be in there, but I didn't want it to be like the same tension it was in the first one. Right. I wanted. I liked how they kind of came. Where it was, he was almost like her big brother kind of thing, like you know. Because in the first one, he didn't care about any of them either. Remember, like yeah. he was cool with all of them dying. Right. Or he kind of wanted wanted to be the one who made them die. And in this yeah. one, him and Harley, it seemed like they had been in battles a bunch of times to the point where he she was his soldier now to him. Right. So. I really liked uh, that dynamic that I didn't really catch the first time, but I, I should. Well, I caught it, but I didn't really care about it the first time. Yeah, the first, the initial movie doesn't handle any of the, almost any of the dynamics well. 
doesn't. Except for Deadshot and Harley. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this movie, again, the pace is so great. It's just, it's hilarious. You said John Cena stole the show. There's actually another character who I thought stole the show. The shark guy. He did. Oh my god, that was some of the funniest shit I've ever seen in a superhero movie. He was hilarious the whole time, man. Dude, it is so it was so effortless. It was. It was Sylvester Stallone too, by the way. You're kidding. But, yeah, that's him. I did not know that. Wow. That that's so funny. That makes it even better yeah. to be honest. It does. But dude, yeah. his parts are so funny, man. When he's trying to yeah. eat the rat girl early on, I thought that was yeah. hilarious. Uh, yeah. Later in the movie, when they just kind of sick him on people like a dog, is so funny. <laughs> and his eyes were so like when um, it just said uh, uh, that's nom nom, and he like looked up. He's like nom nom, <laughs> <laughs> like that thing. <laughs> I mean, this movie, the yeah. villain of this movie is like it. It the perfect representate the main villain. Yeah. is the perfect representation for how wild and ridiculous this movie is. Yeah, and, and that villain was really in the comic book. That, that's what kind of blew my mind, too. I thought they just like made this up for the movie and made it crazy, but that was really... That's yeah. all legit. Yeah, and, and so. again, they improved on a lot of the... It's not that like the story was way better than the first movie... It's just they improved on a lot of the little things that the first movie didn't get right. Yeah, they like did. the action here looks way better. Yeah, way blood sport fighting looks a hundred times better than Deadshot just shooting people accurately. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Again, you get to show off his gadgets. Every character, if they if their powers don't have versatility, you you throw in more comedy with their powers, like with the polka dot guy. Every time he uses his powers, it's funny. It is, yeah. I mean, him at one point in the forest having to, like, throw it up because he can't collect it or he just, like, gets infected. Yeah. Again, it's hilarious, and it's so simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's so simple. I thought the... Honestly, man, my least favorite character of the team was probably Mm -hmm. Harley Quinn. Oh, wow. That's, That's tough. Okay. I'm not again, mad at that though, because again, the story kind of stopped. Too. The story kind of stopped when she had to hook up with the uh, like the initial villain, I guess. Yeah, and then kill him. <clears throat> right, and and the movie picks up when she makes that choice. For, right. Again, much better from that point mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But I, I just loved how they embraced the craziness. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, I, I did too. I, I liked um, also uh, King Shark when. Uh, he, <laughs> all the fish were cool in the aquarium, but as soon as they get out, they start eating them. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny too. Yeah, yeah it was wow. so good. I the the thing with the starfish, how they he made like he made little pieces of himself into like face huggers. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. so like so like such an effortless, easy way of making it cool. Yep, yep. So it was great, man. And um. You know, th- this makes me really want, like, a real live-action version of, like, the cartoon Harley Quinn. Because I want King Shark, whoever they cast as Poison Ivy, I'm sure would be great. And Harley, I want, I- I'm cool with just that. Like, if that was it, 
I'd be perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, obviously, they wouldn't be doing a mission like Suicide Squad. It would probably be something silly that Harley Quinn is having a psychotic breakdown, and they yeah. go handle that. But I think it would the... still be great. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think the animated uh, Harley Quinn show has a number of these characters in there. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I, I want a live-action act, version of what they do on there because they have my favorite characters from Suicide yeah. Squad on there. So, yeah. This is this movie gets like the the main thing it gets right is now I don't want a suicide squad, but I would love as I said, I would love to see these characters moving forward. Yeah, me too. I yeah. didn't get that from the first movie. I didn't right. give a shit about Killer Croc. I didn't give a shit about Diablo. I didn't like I don't even remember the other characters. Boomerang Captain yeah, Boomerang. Boomerang. I mean, Boomerang was funny again, but nobody cared about him, and they use him for humor here. Yeah, gonna, this is this is Jai Courtney's best role, right? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> again, this uh, movie starts off well, and it just I I love the craziness. I hope I hope they continue to embrace this kind of tone with these characters. Yeah, me too. Regardless yeah. of what the next movie is gonna be. Yeah. The Suicide Squad, I was going to say, um, if they were to keep going, I would like them to be, like, I don't want the movie to be more serious, but maybe the stakes more serious. Because in this, I get that they were supposed to go destroy it, and then they decided to um, take on Starro, but I wish that, like, maybe... Like, I know they can't do this, but, like, in a weird situation, like, maybe Batman went after somebody, and he got killed, and then, like, now they send the Suicide Squad in, or, like, to save Batman or something like that. Something where it's, like, it's a... The villains where they really have to be heroes for someone they really don't want to be against something that we all know they can't stop. Because, really, they, they didn't need to send the Suicide Squad to go destroy the tapes. Like... That's not that that hard, you know. They it's not a suicide just, mission. They could have sent just John Cena to do that, I, right? Or just Bloodsport could have got it done. Yeah, like hundred percent. So it's like it wasn't really a suicide mission this time, because they they made it a suicide mission by still going after him after Starro, even though the mission was done. So yeah, yeah. Next time, I would like them to actually be faced with like sure death. I, I really like that they split it in like chapters too. I did too. Uh, again, yeah. another good like pacing technique where just as the movies seem to slow down or kind of conclude a situation, you you yeah. move forward in a like a quick way. Yep. Wasted performance by uh, wasted role by Alice Braga, by the way, the uh, leader of the Freedom Fighters. Like she was 100%, there. Hundred percent. For, and like she, she gets typecast. Nothing. She gets typecast as that kind of character way too much. Yeah, yeah. Like she, that's like that's all she could do. Like it's not the case at all. No, it's not. Uh, yeah. But again, it had that. one of the funniest parts of the movie where they like murder most of her rebel forces because yeah. they think they have to rescue Flag. <laughs> and King and then she's just like, "Yo, how did y'all get in here? Like, where are my men?" <laughs> <laughs> and they're all standing there awkwardly. I thought that was so funny. 
Yeah, King Shark pokes his head through the curtain <laughs> behind us. So good. Yeah. That's what I mentioned to you, uh, Queen of the South. She's the star of that. She's great That's right, that. yeah. I think I've noticed her yeah. on that. But yeah. this movie, I feel like, like James Gunn had full creative control here. I agree. And that's where, like, a lot of the earlier movies we've criticized, in the, especially the initial Suicide Squad. Yeah. I just, I, I felt too much of, like, we have to connect a universe. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. And yeah. this movie is a perfect example of that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, so, we've been a long time. Yeah. A so lot of catching get out of here. up. Yeah, a lot of catching up. Um. Next week, we'll see what happens <laughs> as far as music goes, if uh, any more uh, sports moves, get into the other sports a little bit, because basketball season seems like it's pretty much set for next year, at least at this point. Yeah, well, football um, season's coming up. Yeah, football season's excited for a lot of stuff. Coming fast. I've been seeing the clips, the practice clips look good. Some of these young quarterbacks look great. Uh, obviously, nobody's running at them but you know good start uh so we'll get into that and um we will be back talk about more stuff uh you got anything else dad no thanks as always for listening watching like subscribe yep find us on youtube spotify apple all that we're all over the place yep and uh we'll see you guys next time thanks